and Happy New Year! Welcome to the strangest gig I've ever played, True Tales from the Studio and the Stage. I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. On the podcast with us today is John Pettigo. If you've been around the Dallas-Fort Worth scene, you've definitely heard one of his bands, or you've definitely seen or heard one of the artists he's produced. Amazing guitar player, songwriter, producer, and all-around great guy with some great stories. It's John Pettigo. Hello. Welcome back to The Strangest Gig. I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. Hope you had an excellent holiday season. Hope you're having a very happy new year. We took a little time off in December. That's why there was no podcast. Wanted to spend a little family time. But we're back now, ready to take on 2024. But before we get into John Pettigo, I have a few things I want to go over. If you're into my music, my band Chris J. Norwood and the Knockdown Dragout put out a few singles. Our most recent one, Dancing in the Kitchen, came out December 15th, I believe. Our next one comes out January 19th. It's called Love Me Back to Life. Features a great horn section. Really awesome saxophone solo from Preston Lewis and an amazing string section with arrangements by uh, former Strangest Gig podcast alum, Nick Seeley. Be sure to check that out. It'll be on streaming platforms everywhere. January 12th. Nope, sorry. January 19th. January 19th. Our full album comes out February 9th and we just announced a release show live at the Kessler Theater presented by 91.7 KXT's The Local Show. Man, it's going to be so much fun. I am so excited and so pumped. I really hope you get your tickets and come see us. Uh, Also on the bill that night, the Rosemont Kings and Kirk Thurmond. Go ahead and get your tickets now before they're gone at thekessler.org. You can also find it on KXT's website as well. Our guest this week is one John Pettigo. John got his start here in the Dallas scene with his band Slick 57. Also in that band was Ward Richmond, who John went on to form Boys Named Sue with. Boys Named Sue is a very popular and rowdy country band here in Dallas. They still they still play shows every now and again. And it was in the Boys Named Sue where John went on to meet another local musician named Taylor Young. John and Taylor went on to form the band The O's. Really great duo. They figured out the right way to tour cheap. And they did. They toured all over the country and all over Europe, put out several really awesome albums. John has also put out some solo albums under the name Pedigo's Magic Pilsner. Really great albums also. And he's also an accomplished producer, producing for the likes of the old 97s, Joshua Ray Walker, Vandaliers, and many others. Shortly after we recorded this episode, John performed on Jimmy Kimmel Live as a part of Josh Walker's band, It is an amazing performance, and you should definitely go check it out right now. John is always busy, always working, consummate professional, the real deal, and a really great guy to boot. He had a lot of fun stories, so let's get to it. Here's John Pettigo. John, let's just dive in. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you lead, and I'll start yapping whenever you want me to start yapping. Perfect. Right. John Pettigo, thank you so much for being on the podcast I am. Uh, I've been very excited to have you on for a long time, so I'm really grateful that you're here. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You have a lovely studio, and uh, I'm just, you know, 
appreciate you having me. And I'm sorry it took so long. Look at that, though. You're busy. You're a working musician. You know, I would say a working musician, you can never say no to gigs. At least I can't. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. And if anybody says do something, yeah, of course. Of course I want to do it. He's like, do you have time? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And you just make the time. At some point, yes. I will have time. (laughs) Well, cool. Let's talk about uh, your current gig. Let's talk about what you got going on currently. Right now... Um, as far as, uh, live music goes or as far as like studio stuff, all of the above studio. Uh, yeah, I'm working with Matt Hillier on his record. Where are y'all recording at? Uh, we did some at modern electric Mm -hmm. and the rest just at my house. Yeah. Okay, cool. I've kind of converted my house into a studio. So nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's cool for me. I don't know. Somebody came over and says, where's your dining room table? I don't have one. I have a console. <laughs> Man, that's like one of the, the first album I made down in Austin was like that. Like the uh-huh. the dining room table was a was a piano. It was a grand piano. Right, right. right. Like and people were set up in the bedroom and like the console was in the front foyer. And right. It's cool. I love doing it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's it certainly keeps costs down when people, you know, people don't want to spend money. So it uh, it's pretty helpful. And I've, you know, kind of amassed a bunch of gear over the years um anyway so i'm doing a uh, matt stuff of course and it's killer and josh walker we got a new record that is being mixed right now i i usually mix the stuff but this time we're getting Stuart sykes to mix it okay um which is sweet yeah. um it's so much easier i just send it to him and he tells me what a bad job i did and then <laughs> <laughs> and then fixes it and it like, does a better job yeah yeah, yeah it's great and so it, this, it's pretty handy um and then you know just a bunch of little things like around that which is cool um and uh as far as live music um you know playing with 40 acre mule here and there uh which is fun you've been a little more sporadic as of late yeah well isaiah is doing his solo band thing and so it kind of i don't know it's fine i don't honestly I don't have time to go on tour right now, so it's just fine, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, and, you know, we, uh, but me and uh, Tim and Robert are going to jam later tonight. Oh, right on. Um, and uh, we have this idea of a band called Olds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just, I don't know what kind of music we're going to play yet. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to start, I don't know, turn up. <laughs> I love that. Mo- there are so many bands that like, they get started just because somebody had a great idea for a band name. <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of this way. This way. We were like, well, Isaiah's playing, and I like jamming with those guys. Yeah. And we we're like, well, let's start a band called Olds. <laughs> my friend my friend James Henderson, like, their, their band Motorcade, like, uh-huh. he had that idea. Like, I remember him talking about that, like, four or five years ago, or right. maybe longer. And he was just like, yeah, I just got this amazing idea for a band name from a band from Dallas. And then I think he constructed the band after he had the name. So I think it's yeah. a great way to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it'll be good. It'll be, <laughs> it'll our, be great. It'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like it'll whatever. It'll be great. So I, I'm doing that. You know, that's that's live music. And then Chad and I, uh, we're putting together, Chad Stockslager and I are going to do a record with just him and me. And so oh, like fun. acoustic piano record. That's cool. Yeah, and so I'm pretty excited about that. Are you writing songs for that? Yeah, like kind of separate, and then we'll come together and kind of arrange them yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Um, and just, you know, get the dynamics right. But I'm pretty excited about that. We were talking about that last night, and I don't know when we'll do it, but it'll be yeah. sooner than That'll later. That'll be great. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. 
I try to do as much as possible, you know, like one, you know, it all adds up to like what some would consider uh, a portion of a paycheck, you know, and so like in together, yeah, it, it, it looks, it's embarrassing uh, how little it is, but you know, it, it works for us. It makes a living. Yeah. That's right. I mean, every, you know, every musician that I, every musician that I know that makes a living doing music, they're doing a little bit of, of a lot. Right. And that's you know. how you do it. Yeah, it was just like we were talking before this started about vi- you know video stuff. Like, you know, I'll edit a video here or there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just if something comes my way, I don't know. You I, Like, I tend to say yes too much. Whatever <laughs> keeps you from having to, like, punch in a clock. Oh, my God. I did, it's too late for me. I, yeah, no right. Way. Like If I went into the office gig and they're like, well, you have an hour to go to Applebee's for lunch. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't think so. I, you know, I... I I'm just not made that way. I mean, maybe I could. Yeah. I mean, we all can be, but I've, we've been pretty fortunate, I think, to get to, I don't know, tinker with sounds, yeah. <laughs> which is like the coolest gig ever, really. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Talk about some of the earlier bands that you were in, um, like Boys Named Sue and the O's. What other, like, what was kind of maybe the first band you started at uh, when you were kind of first getting into things here in Dallas. Yeah, so the first group that actually kind of started playing a lot, um, when at the end of high school, going into uh, college, I had a band called Slick 57. Yeah. And that band, right, like we Ward, the other main guy in that band, he went to Brown and I was in school at Emerson in Boston. Mm -hmm. So Brown is in Providence, obviously. So he was only like 45 minutes away. So we could kind of like, hang out and play shows. Mm-hmm. We like book shows up there and we come back here and play shows. Um, and on it, like right out of college, we got, uh, we played South by Southwest and we got signed to this Australian label that kind of put us on tour, like our first international tour. So we got to go to like Europe and then we went to Australia and did all these tours. And so that kind of really got me into music. That's where it all kind of began for me. Um, and, uh, and with those kind of connections, when that band kind of broke up or whatever, um, the O's kind of started a couple of years later and kind of used a lot of the same context. And that's kind of put how we got overseas yeah. the first couple of times. Who talk about the like the formation of the O's? What what was kind of the impetus? Like who came up with that kind of concept? Uh, just you and Taylor and yeah. So like, um, was it a purely uh, like economical? Yeah, yeah, of course. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, we started, Ward and I started The Boys Named Sue as a band because Slick 57 couldn't play all the time here or else no one would show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd oversaturate or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we started Boys Named Sue as, like, a way to play once, at least once a week. And we could always just go play and make some money. And Or really, at the time, I think we were playing, like, at Muddy Waters and Barley House. And they would just run tabs for us. And then each week yeah. we'd just pay off our tab with that yeah. show. And we like, that's great. <laughs> you know, so it was like more. So was the idea just kind of as a, a, a covered thing? Like, a was it a, initially a Johnny Cash thing that branched uh, no, off from we, there? Or? We just like the, the names. Yeah. Was pretty relatively clever. And I think I want to say Bobby Sue, the fiddle player, came up with the band name. Or maybe it was Ward. Um but anyways, so yeah, we just wanted to like screw around in, each week and we never rehearse. We just kind of show up and start playing songs and then yeah. eventually 
we learned them. Yeah. And uh, then we wrote a couple albums. We've written like three albums with like originals too. So that was pretty fun. Anyways, so Taylor was filling in on drums one show, or every once in a while he would yeah uh, play drums with us. And after one specific show, him and I went out drinking because we were like, let's go have some fun. Yeah. And um, he was like, I got some songs. And I was like, well, I got some songs. And one thing led to another. And I said, look, I'll get a banjo and I'll and we'll start a band. Because like, I thought at the time, I was like, I think if I get a banjo, I could fill some more space. And he had been in Polyphonic Spree. And I had been in a three-piece band before that. So I was like, okay. I understand if we can keep this thing small, we can actually tour and actually make it fun. Maybe make some money. Make yeah. some money, yeah. you know, actual other than not. And so... <laughs> You're not losing money. Right, right. And so I showed up at his house like a month later with a banjo and I was like, let's go. And I don't know if he really thought I was serious or would remember, <laughs> but I did. You know, I was like, here we go. And um, I learned how to play it and ish, uh, close enough. Yeah. And then uh, we recorded like, two months after that yeah. <laughs> you know it was like we just started a band um and then that band obviously we, we played quite a bit we i mean we toured relentlessly until the year before the pandemic and yeah. then that kind of you know that destroyed everything um in yeah. some ways it, i mean in some ways it's destroyed me in live music world but it, i don't know I, I got a lot of more studio stuff after that yeah. and i love studio work so yeah it's my favorite. Like, really. Like, I love working in the studio. I assume you do, too. You know, I do. Like, because, I don't know, you just get to try things out and, de- you know, depending if you have the time. Let me ask you this, because I was talking to my wife about, like, studio stuff. Do you enjoy, uh, like, recording vocals and producing vocals? Because that is my least favorite thing about studio work. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, well, it depends why. Why do you not, like doing it um i don't know there's just something i for some reason vocals need to be a little more tedious than other other instruments right like you got to get it right because that's that's the, the main thing that's the song right that's it, it i guess there is more pressure when you do vocals yeah yes but i did come up with a way to do vocals that has helped me um let's hear it and 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 it's and it's pretty convoluted, maybe, but in my head it works. But yeah. like, basically, I'll create a grid for like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. So yeah, and I will. And at first, I started by marking the like the the, the uh, right where it is in the bar or whatever, like whichever measure. But now I just kind of like let's say there's four lines in a verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have four columns. And I will kind of circle or X if they got it right. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I can look at a piece of paper and I know that they have consistently missed something and then I can easily kind of get it. Okay. So you're doing that as you're kind of doing takes. Right, right. And I'm just kind of making notes. And I, I try... Do you I like try, to do takes top to bottom? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, I don't know. Uh, it dep- well, it depends on what I'm recording. But sure. in general, sure. like Josh... It just works better for him to kind of get a full take, yeah, and then he gets a break at the solo section. You know what I mean? And he's because yeah. he's putting a lot of air out. Like, yeah, that guy, you know, and he's an odd guy to record vocals for because it's like Janis Joplin. There's so many frequencies coming out of him, 
that it's can be complicated yeah. to manage. Well, and he's got a wide range. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. When he starts throwing in his, you know, hiccups and all that, yeah, it's, it, it gets it's pretty wild. But now I like to do full takes, and I like to, and then if the if the singer's confident, I can kind of go let's let leave them in the like uh, tracking room, and we can kind of go line by line yeah. if we need to or whatever. If the singer's not totally confident, I wouldn't do that because. No one wants to hear them sing themselves sing yeah, generally, you know. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean. It is. It's a little nerve wracking. It can be because yeah. it's the most important. Because like if I'm recording a guitar and like I, you know, if I get a really good take that feels good, but maybe I kind of go a little pitchy on one one note here in yeah. the verse, it's no big deal, right? Right, right. But if you go pitchy on a vocal, right, it, people are gonna know, <laughs> right? And and sometimes that's cool, but like. People are gonna know, <laughs> right? Right, and and it's always trying to determine what is cool or what is correct. Yeah. And I don't know. I I I I don't mind tuning vocals. That's not. I'm not anti tuner. Oh, I'm not either. Yeah, and I try to be nice about like background vocals. I'll screw with because who cares? And yeah. you don't really hear them for sure. But it was funny. I was sending stuff to Stuart to mix, and he's just like, "What's going on with these vocals?" And I was like. If you turn him down, <laughs> like I know it'll work, but I, I know what he's coming from. He's like, this sounds like a synthesizer sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, because you're not really going to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I don't like, <laughs> right. but maybe how he mixes, you actually hear all the nuance or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm with you though. Recording guitars is my favorite. I love layering, like sitting there and just fucking with sounds layer, and like, layer, layer, yeah. and just making you know twist and pedal knob you know just how many different you know so Matt Hillier and I was doing that all day today just like yeah. what does this sound like he's like I don't know <laughs> you know we just start <laughs> messing with it yeah. until it sounds cool and it was like well that's I haven't heard that before that's fun and always trying to do that but um other than things like acoustic guitar which you kind of have to record a certain way yeah. at least you know or yeah. pianos like in general you want to get a certain sound um but you know, I, I'm pretty loosey goosey in the studio. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know, labor over certain things. Yeah. I'd rather just stick a mic on it and let's go. I'm the same way. Yeah. So you're not like super focused on gear and tone. Obviously, you know, it sounds good. You have a sound in your head you're trying to get, but right. you're not going to, you're not going to spend a day and a half tuning up the snare and getting a good snare sound. No, I, I, I will say that when I'm tracking a band, snare is incredibly important to me. Um, and I do pick, I'll have like six snares in the yeah. room and I'll be like, what sounds best? Because snares are, you know, the second loudest thing next to a vocal. Um, and so if it's, if the harmonics of the snare are at odds with a the vocal, then I do switch. I, I will yeah. kind of be annoying about that. But usually drummers are pretty cool and they, yeah, trust that I have their best interest. Sure, you know, sometimes I'll get the guy. I won't name names, but sometimes I'll get the guy that says, "But that's a copperphonic, blah blah blah," and I'm like, I don't care what kind of snare it is. It's, I'd rather if you play a trash can if it sounded better. Like it, it was in the way of the vocal. Anyway, I have a feeling I know who you're talking about. I mean, you know, it's a, it's pretty easy, but uh, <laughs> but you know, what are you gonna do? Like whatever. Like I just to me, obviously the vocal wins. Right. Yeah. And then I want the snare to win. Yeah. And if the snare and the vocal are at odds, then I have to 
turn the snare down and that's yeah. and then that's not cool <laughs> then we've lost the beat yeah right um so anyways yeah well let's um i want to go back to the o's are there any plans uh for more writing recording for the o's um yes we, we, well we the uh, taylor and i have a radio show every friday on 95.3 the range um and uh from four to six drive time perfect plug uh, yeah uh so check it out it's, it's <laughs> riveting radio <laughs> but uh so we do that and um we play we don't play a ton um but yes i have written some songs and we've talked about it and i don't know when that'll happen but surely at some point sure because why not like yeah. i don't know we don't we like the reason why that band kind of stopped playing besides the pandemic was my dad at the time got really sick in 2017 or 16 rather going into 17 and uh i basically had to help him run his business with my brother mm -hmm. and it took me off the road really like i could go on tour but really i had to kind of be there yeah. um and so that kind of was down spiraling and then the pandemic happened and it just kind yeah. of full you know nail um but yeah i would love to record more of those because it's i mean taylor and i we have we got a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we our recordings are, we've had some pretty wild times recording, which is fun. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing that anything got captured. <laughs> the amount of Miller lights. <laughs> well, do you all ever just like put the red button on and leave it on or? Uh, the O's? Yeah. Um, no, we were pretty diligent in the studio. Like, is is drunk as we were while recording we certainly like we're pretty pretty diligent about it like but we always had some producer that we'd trust yeah jeff halbert the first record and then Stuart sykes and the second record and then this guy frenchy an austin uh, producer he did the last two records and um but it was funny because we didn't on our fourth album we went to uh this place called river road ice house in new Braunfels. Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've been there mm -mm. um I don't think it's there anymore, but it's a real shithole. But we, uh, <laughs> but it was awesome. Anyway, they had these cabins and like they're like a crash pad cabins for like bands, and it's just they they were rank and they stank. Anyways, and so we were like, we want to rent out one of these cabins and make an album there. And Frenchie was just so confused why we would do these. Like, why would you? It sounds horrible. I was like, I know it's gonna be great. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. And then. I remember getting the first round of mixes back and I was like, dude, it sounds like we were in like a pristine studio. He was like, that's good, right? I was like, no. no. <laughs> I was like, add distortion, like make it dirty. Like yeah. it didn't sound like that when we left. Yeah. Like, it was too clean. So anyways, in the end, <laughs> in the end, it sounded like we wanted it to and no one liked the album anyway. So it didn't matter. <laughs> so uh, whatever, you know. That's how it goes. Yeah, that's right. Well, and then after that, so kind of during the pandemic, you started Pedigo's Magic Pilsner. Right. Um, yeah. Are there any, plan, any plans for more Magic yeah. Pilsner stuff? Yeah, so that was started because, like, my dad got sick, and I kind of, it was the, that was the catalyst. Yeah. And I wrote a bunch of songs that were kind of loosely in that world. Um, and so I, I started, I'm all, I mean, I write a song a week or whatever. I don't know how what you're, yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I write a good song every week, but yeah. I write something every week, yeah. you know? Um, and so I had a plenty, plenty of tunes and recently when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to make it a record sound like, cause I usually start with that. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it may all sound the same. It's like our buddy John Dufalo, like 
his stuff all tends to sound really similar, you know, because yeah. his voice is so unique. Right. And it's like, this uh, this band's different than this band. You're like, is it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, um, but not, not with, like, I don't know. I love Cliff's, though. Cliff's rules. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm trying to figure out the sound. And that's when the the idea of, like, me and Chad doing a, uh, a record, just him and I, piano and guitar. That's where that kind of that idea sprouted from. And it's a similar idea to the O's. I was like, how can we make a easy to travel type band? Um, we can always open for people. Yeah. Type of band. Um, and so we're going to at least try that. And yes, I, I got some more Pilsner stuff Great. in the works. I just need to do it. Just do it. Yeah. Fit it in the schedule. Right. Um, but it's like, I mean, my stuff always backburns to work, you know? Yeah. It's just how it goes. How it for sure. Like you got, I mean, how many records do you have just waiting? You know what I mean? Or at least yeah. songs. Yeah, right. They just sit there in a hard drive. And then at some point you're like, I don't like that song anymore. It's old, <laughs> you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, right. I doesn't, I don't know if it's good or bad anymore. Let's talk about now about, like you said, you, you know, with the O's, you've kind of, you toured all over with Slick 57. I'm sure you toured all over. Tell me about the strangest gig you've ever played. So I was thinking about this because I'm coming in to do your, Excellent podcast. Oh, thank you. And I uh, was thinking about like strangest gigs, and I feel like it's hard to kind of pinpoint strange gigs because to me, I feel like I remember the good stuff more. And I think it's like my ambition has a pro- like an issue. Like, I feel like when I'm playing in some basement in Kansas City or wherever, Ypsilanti, right. Michigan, or what, you know what I mean? Like, those kind of weird gigs where people were in masks or something. Like, I feel like those, I was always thinking, how do I get to play on the real stage? You know? <laughs> and so, it, I, I don't know. I, they always tend to kind of get blurry and they kind of go into a strange, just mess. Right. But, um, well, strange and strange doesn't always mean like bad, right? Like right. I've had strange gigs that were just maybe unex- awesome, but unexpected. Yeah. I mean, we've, the O's got to play a lot of really cool things, and I we got to play one entire month in France where we every we did one show in Paris, but every other day was like another small town in in France, and that was pretty cool because you're always kind of running around. There's always like some I don't know miscommunication involved. Yeah. And uh, we, was that when y'all were opening for Delamitri? This is before that. Okay. This was maybe the second year we were a band. It was really early on. Oh wow, yeah. Um, but it was great because Taylor and I are insane, um, and we tend to drink too much because I don't know. We like to have fun. Um, but <laughs> our tour manager, this guy Manu, he uh, is was a he French. A local? Was he a? He was a Frenchman, yes. and uh, he uh, he was a sniper. In the French Army, <laughs> rugby player, just a big burly dude, but he was real sweet. And uh, within a day, he had started smoking again. <laughs> and uh, at some point, he had to take a break, and he traded out, so he got somebody else to tour manage us because <laughs> he needed a break. And then ultimately, quit the music business. <laughs> Oh you are just going too hard, dude. We were so <laughs> annoying, like just 
just yelling, just nonsense. Const- I don't know. We were insane. Like for better or worse. Like it was, it was so funny though. Like just driving him insane. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if there was a strange gig involved in that, other than a many a strange gig. Like I remember asking all these French people, like, why do you make the fart sounds when you know you're. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I don't. Is that like a thing over there? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, and they do that. Okay. Next time you see like a French movie, you'll notice. Yeah, it, okay. They can't help themselves. <laughs> and um, anyways, I remember asking him, and he goes, <laughs> the bartender goes, well, what do you mean? <laughs> We're like, you just did it. <laughs> you just did it. Um, but uh, no, I don't know. Like strange gigs. Like there's just too many. Like, yeah. You know, when you show up and... Were you all well-received over there? Like, did the tour go well? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the great. The language barrier, like, were crowds kind of into what you all... Yeah, for sure. Like, and I got... Like, when I was over there, I was up to... I could hold a 10-minute conversation, or at least a 5-minute conversation in yeah. French. So, I was... Like, before, you'd already known... You already right. knew a little bit before you went over there? So, I was kind of, like, doing all right. And then that went when that went down and then eventually we started going over to the uk and scotland and ireland and uh when we started going over to those tours th- those were pretty pretty big tours those are always fun and then yes we did play with delamitri on their on one of their big tours we got to play at the hammersmith in london which oh, nice. rules yeah that was like pretty epic pretty monumental the yeah. empire in liverpool like that was pretty cool so you get to play these amazing rooms and I remember, like, I guess the the strangest gig, at least strangest feeling, was we had played a, three weeks of these sold out like theaters, mm-hmm. an arena in uh, Glasgow, but wow. like the all theater, like just big cool rooms. And we land in Dallas, the next, and then the next day we played in Denton at the Fine Line Festival at Haley's to three people <laughs> i was like dude yesterday yeah we played in front of a sold out hammersmith crowd you know we had a private chef on the tour yeah like and then now we're eating fuzzies at haley's <laughs> it's like this what happened you know like what a drop <laughs> um but I, you know that's sort of like that's when you i watched the, the tom petty documentary that's what they talked about right like on their first tour they were playing you know, sold it like you said, sold out theaters, and then they come back and they're playing for peanuts to nobody. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I mean, it's such a weird feeling to go from one to the other, right? And it's not like you can say that it doesn't matter and it doesn't affect the show, but it does. Yeah, like you know, like sure. I mean, well, especially the O show, which is so like dependent, not dependent, but like part of the the appeal is the is the banter between you two and with the crowd, right? And it's. Yeah, everybody gets involved and we're all working together. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a team. I don't know. And so with that, you know, I, I don't remember who we were hanging out with, but I'm sure we just did what we always do, which is an- annoy some tour yeah. manager. <laughs> as, and as they say, we got to get out of here. And we're like, okay, one more. And, you know, and then, you know, make fools of ourselves. But uh, those are, yeah, we, we have a good time, you know? Yeah. I feel like, if you don't have fun or you're not laughing in this music world, like a, you take yourself too seriously and B you're not going to last long Yeah, (laughs) because it's just on paper. It's gotta be the stupidest business of all time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's so dumb. Yeah. Like if you're, 
at best, you'll make 25% of what you make. You know what I mean? Like, right. If of $1,000, you're lucky to get $250 out of that. Yeah. Which is like... <laughs> It does it's so stupid. Like right. It doesn't make any like it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, what if I have one hit? <laughs> you know? And yeah, like, we're all chasing that one hit. And it's like you get you get just enough success to right. like sustain you for a while and make you be like, Yeah, I'm there and then <laughs> then like, the next time you're playing for three people. <laughs> right. It's like golf, you know, like I don't know, I'm terrible at golf, but you know, you have that one shot and you're like, Yeah. All right, I'll go. Oh, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> then, I'll take the next shot. Yeah. yeah, and then it's you know, then it's off, and you suck again. But like, you know, we 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 do it out of love, and we and almost a compulsion, right? Yeah, for sure. So you can't you can't stop it now. It's like a it's a moving train of some sort. Yeah, you get and like you know, like you and me, you get to a point where you're old enough to where you can't pivot, you can't do anything else. Yeah, right? like this it's is too the, late. This is the plan, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like literally, like. I can't stop now yeah. or else what was it all for? <laughs> like, oh, that would be really ridiculous. But luckily, you know, you and I are fortunate. Like we get to do this. Yeah, like, for sure. I, I, I don't, I don't forget about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, in general. Yeah. No, until like a bill is due and I'm like, why do I do this? Yeah. Um, and you know, live on ramen for a week or whatever. I'm curious what your uh, opinion and sense of like the the crowd, the music fans in Dallas, as compared to other cities or countries. Like, what is your experience playing here? And I know it's hard to kind of quantify just because you're from here, right? And it played, you know, an infinite number of shows here versus elsewhere. But what is your sense of the the Dallas music fan? Man, this has kind of come up a lot recently, especially, I don't know if you know Sean Russell. Um, he has a band called Cutthroat Finches. Yeah. Um, and he kind of got in some relative hot water when he kind of said something about um, the music scene and how it's changed and uh, people aren't going to shows as much. Um, and I do agree with him. And we went further on it um when we were talking at Taylor's wedding the other day, um, and we were talking about it, and here's this is kind of a weird thing to bring up, um, but when we were kind of starting off, everybody, I mean, you're basically playing to drunks, right? Like right. you go to the bar and like you're at the barley house or whatever, and everybody's wasted. Um, and that type of person that listens to music and drinks doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So. So it's weird that like, and I hadn't just, we hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about it until he kind of said it. And I was like, oh my God, it's so true. Um, that that's kind of our fan bases. They're yeah. all like these people that drink too much. I mean, look at the Ottoman Turks, you know, like they're, they had that fan base or they do still that are kind of that drinking kind of in their twenties crowd. Right. And and ultimately as we get older, that crowd kind of diminishes and then people with kids start showing up. Your show. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it just becomes whatever. Um, but I don't think that in general, the people that go to bars to drink are into music anymore. Like they're into, it's a whole different culture. Yeah. And, and people just don't drink, don't drink like they used to. And I know, and I don't, I I don't, I don't know why I think that it affects like the crowds, but I do. And I, 
you know, and, and do you maybe think that's there's Dallas no, specific, or do you think that's happening? I think it's happening everywhere. Yeah, However, yeah. like in places like Austin, they're told it's the live music capital, right? So there's an expectation, right? Yeah. And so it's like if you're told that, oh, this is live music, you know, you go to Nashville, it's like, oh, no, everybody plays song. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's like a real part of the culture, right? And in Dallas, we art has never ever been kind of at the forefront. We've right. never proudly presented an artist you know ever which is strange because of like if you consider the amount of amazing bands and awesome talent that we have here and have had here right you would think it you know it wouldn't be but i know and it's weird like and it's not just because people move you know like the charlie crockett's the rhett miller's the you know tim delauder you know like you know all these like big stalwarts of our you know community or whatever josh walker you know people are around but i just don't in general think i guess we live in like in dallas and I, but i do think it's across the board i think it's every kind of city um but i don't think we celebrate art as much as we should um it's just not part of the culture here we live in an oil town you know yeah. still not, yeah, it's yeah. still it's just you know it's still Jr's town. <laughs> like I don't yeah. and I don't know what to do to kind of fix that. I mean, obviously there are people that love music out there, and yeah. I'm not discrediting that. But in general, you know, people would rather drink uh, some kind of I don't know Bellinis on a patio <laughs> in Uptown, right? While taking Instagram photos of themselves. Sure, yeah. You know, and that's just I don't know. I, maybe maybe it's Facebook that ruined it all because everybody. Had a had a basically a voice, and the tastemakers were you know maybe were an artist or a musician, and then you know a week later a soccer mom is that has a louder voice, right? Yeah. More, you know what I mean? And sure. So now it's like it's just a whole different you know we don't we don't respect things like that, right? I don't, in my opinion, that may be a negative way to look at it though. No. I Next week great. I'll change my opinion to like. Everything's great. Everything's great. <laughs> music is awesome. That's right. <laughs> music is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about your, tell me your, your dream gig. And that can be dream bill, dream venue, dream person to produce, dream studio to work in, whatever that means to you. Um, I mean, I, the list of people I would love to work with, that's, you know, come on. It's way too long, but, the dream gig, the one I haven't done yet, is Red Rocks for sure. Yeah, that's and Hollywood Bowl. I'd say those are the two that like I would love to do. I've played some pretty pretty awesome venues. Um, I don't care much about ACL. I don't care much about festivals. Like they don't they don't. Really, yeah, that's not really. I don't know. They're kind of a drag. It's just you know. It I is. loved them in my twenties because sure, like yeah. I could like run around and I had energy. Yeah, and you see a bunch of amazing bands in the span of right. one day, right? Like, but yeah. But now it's like but playing them is kind of a beating. Yeah, you're like, there's always, you're always walking through mud. <laughs> it's always muddy. <laughs> it's always someone, and then you're like in a tent that's both cold and hot at the same time. <laughs> you know, and you're sitting on a cooler. It's like I don't know. I just I don't dig that. But like Red Rocks, I do want to play, and I, I surely I will get to play there at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, has Josh played Red Rocks? Not yet, but I know when he does. I will. I, I'm in. Jump I, in. I will yeah. force myself in that. <laughs> like I, with Josh's stuff, I usually just like, I don't know, any of the kind of the big things. I tend to 
shoehorn myself into because I don't know. You've earned that, right? <laughs> Come on, yeah, man. you've earned that, right? <laughs> Give me something. Um, but like, if it's a TV thing or something, like I'm, yeah, oh, oh I'm there. That's great. He's like, I don't know if we have the button. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> like whatever. I'll, Come on, I'm, man. Just yeah, man. I'm I'm cheap. <laughs> I love Red Rocks, and that sent that tends to be like a lot of people's number one bucket list venue for sure. Have you seen a show there? I haven't. I've never even been there. Yeah. And I'm not like one of those guys who's like, oh, we'll never go until I play there. Because, but I, I mean, I tried to go last summer and it didn't work out. I couldn't, anyways, but. We've, I like, I've been a couple times and it's, man, you don't even have to necessarily like the band. To, That's the bit, to right? enjoy a show there. Yeah, we were, I was going to be in Denver. And I was just like, I don't remember who it was. I think it was just like, I was just going to go. I mean, it might even be like Steve Miller's. I mean, like, yeah. what, normally I wouldn't go see Steve sure, Miller, but I was sure. like. I'd screw it. I'll go to Red yeah. Rocks and it could be anybody. Yeah. It could be Yanni. I'd be like, sure. That actually might be a sweet show. <laughs> Yanni Red Rocks probably would be a it sweet show. Like, I don't know. He'd smoke the local, you know, stuff and just sit there and yeah. enjoy. <laughs> I don't know. But Red Rocks rips and obviously Hollywood Bowl, that would be pretty cool, you know, but I, I, I've been pretty lucky. I got to play the Ryman, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, with Josh... And the Opry with Josh. So, yeah, I'm done, like, cool stuff. I don't know. I don't. What about producing? I mean, I know you're getting into more producing. What, like, right. do you enjoy? I know you enjoy working out of your home studio, but is there, like, a studio that's, like, high on your list of wanting to get to record in? Um, not necessarily. Like, I just want everybody to be comfortable. So, yeah. I tend, I, I've, it's rare I go into any studio that, anything works so it's yeah. like my ideal studio is one that actually just works. works yeah and um but like uh sonic ranch out in west texas is pretty pretty amazing i don't know if you've been out there Mm-mm. uh the o's did our third album there and i've been trying to get a band to record out there since and it's yeah. so hard because everybody's like yeah of course i want to go out there because you stay on the property and you kind of and they have every imaginable piece of gear you could ever yeah. want and they uh, stay pretty booked up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, but like you're on the border of Mexico, so you can like walk to the wall, you That's know? Crazy. It's, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like a five minute walk. I mean, you're on, you know, on, you're on the border. It's crazy. But I love it out there and you're, you're kind of isolated. And anyways, every year, Josh, when the new Josh record, we start recording, it's like, okay, we're going to Sonic Ranch. And then when it comes down to it, it's like, I don't know. We don't have time to go yeah. drive 12 hours or whatever it is. Yeah, because you got to stay out there. Right. And you can't really fly. You can, I guess, because you can use all, their, use all their gear, but you still have to, you know what I mean? It's, right. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's logistically kind of a nightmare. Um, but it's a pretty sweet studio. Like, that is pretty pretty amazing. Um, but I don't know. I get lost in Tape Op magazine and wonder about <laughs> these studios and stuff, of course. Yeah. But would it be like it's, cool. it's really budget wise like no one ever has no one's got money to For spend on records and if you do i don't know how you do because <laughs> because records just aren't sold like they used to be yeah you know yeah but what, what are you gonna do about it <laughs> you gotta, gotta keep making gotta keep on keeping on figure out a cheaper way to make a record <laughs> i feel like i've been real negative today I don't no know you've been great this is great <laughs> Um, People need to hear the, you know, the day, the daily grind. It is a, it is a grind, but that's, you know, 
Gotta keep, we gotta keep doing. We gotta do. Yeah, we <laughs> do what we do. Yeah. When are you playing again? When when is your next show? Uh, Texacana is playing for the Deep Elm Tree Lighting on ah, December first. That'll be fun. This will come out after that. So. Oh, okay. So hopefully. you you had a great show. <laughs> yeah, I had a terrific show. There were a million people there. Oh, that's great. And then um, February 9th at the Kessler is my big oh, okay. show. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm pumped. Who who's that with? So we're headlining, and then the Rosemont Kings. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Kirk Thurmond. Ah, he's a sweet dude. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's, he's awesome. He is awesome. Yeah. He and I did a, uh, like a song swap. It's been like 10 years, though. But yeah, yeah it'll be yeah. a lot of fun. Rosemont Kings and I, we played a couple months ago at uh, Revelers, so they're a bunch of good guys. And yeah, yeah. It'll be a fun night. That's, How about you? Um, You know, when so I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm playing well tomorrow, but you know this will be a month ago. In deep film, also a great gig for you. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, yeah, it was a great one. It's Forty Acre Mule, us Bowling for Soup. They were great. You know, Jared's the always best. great. Yeah. You got to have Jared on the show. He's that guy is one of the funniest people ever. Um, and uh, anyways, but uh, and it should be interesting. I yeah. don't know. That's the last Forty Acres show I know of. So maybe this is maybe that was the last show. Yeah, we may never play again. Ever, <laughs> you know, maybe it'll just be olds from now on. I love it. Yeah, it's a great band name. <laughs> That's what I said, dude. It's perfect. I said it. They started laughing. I was like, Yeah, yeah. See, it worked. People show up just for the name. <laughs> like olds. Yeah, but I haven't figured out what we're gonna do yet. It's to be like riff rock or something. I don't know. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, I'll I figured it out. Perfect. And then love it. you can. You can lead them that way. John, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. And Yeah, I'm sorry it's taking a while. Don't I'm apologize. To be here. You're busy, and that's what I like to hear. Yeah. I want you to be busy. Yeah, that's, dude, you too, you know? You got this great studio here. Thank you. You got everything you need. I do you know, everything I need. Plenty of gear. Nice roads that seems to work. It does. And a Juno. Look at that. The Juno does not work. Oh, it doesn't? <laughs> Well, whatever. There's a one-trick pony. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, you can use a patch for whatever. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for having me Thank on. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Cool. All right. There he goes. John Pettigo. Y'all, please be sure to check out what he's got going on. Check out all the many bands that he's in. Check out all the bands that he's produced. Pettigo's Magic Pilsner. 40 Acre Mule. Josh Walker. Old 97s. This new band, Olds, which will no doubt be awesome. Give it a listen and give him some support. If you like what I've got going on, Chris J. Norwood and the Knockdown Dragout has a new single January 19th. And our release show, February 9th, at the Kessler Theater in Oak Cliff. Go to thekessler.org for tickets. We really hope to see you there. And until next time, just remember, a gig's a gig, right? <laughs>